Welcome to the Business of Being Healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action. And I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for, filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. Well, today's episode is going to be definitely one for the books. Uh, My guest made such an impact on me. There were only, I attended an event uh, here in Scottsdale and there were only two speakers that one, I walked away from like fully moved by the impact they made, not only on me, but you could see in the audience, but two just had such a way of telling their story that I knew I had to have today's guest, Sarah Foley on today. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join us and uh, welcome here to the business of being healthy. Oh, I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so grateful to know that it was, it was moving for you. So thank you. Absolutely. And it's, We'll get into this more, but you have a really unique story. Um, and I know that we'll talk more about storytelling later, but just overall, you are now known as this, as the vertical blonde. Help us, you know, if you would just share as, as we're welcoming new people to your community, a little bit about you and where you are right now as vertical blonde. Oh, I love, I love vertical blonde. She has a energy all her own. I will say that, you know, so back in 2012, I was in a four wheeling accident that left me paralyzed. And that, that story, that accident, everything about it was beyond life shattering. And I think that I think we've all gone through something where life just all of a sudden was no longer the way it used to be. And it's a huge identity shift. And for a really long time, I'm talking years, I really struggled with who I was and if I could still be all the things that I used to be before I was injured, because I had a really bad view of what disability meant and what people with disabilities and people in wheelchairs. And I had a really ugly view of what that looked like. And I had this thing in my head that I could no longer be fun or energetic or healthy or successful or pretty or sexy. I can be these things because I now have this disability. And so over time, I got to meet some really neat, I call them healers in my story, therapists and dance instructors and people that just got really back in tune with who I was. And I created this identity of vertical blonde. And she was everything that I was trying so desperately to be. I wanted to reclaim my life and my sense of identity back. And every time I would call myself vertical blonde, I would sit taller. I would make better choices of what I ate. I would be with different people. I would speak differently. I would hold myself and carry myself so differently. It was just this different energy that I had. And I began to embody her on this regular basis to the point where the line sort of blurred 
And I no longer could see where Sarah and the old life ended and Vertical Blonde began. It just was now who I was. And so Vertical Blonde truly saved my life. The sense of identity and this permission to actually decide who I wanted to be through this life-shattering experience, that became this iconic identity. And now that's what I teach on and what I, I kind of went into um, like the rabbit hole of why is this working? Why is this, you know, I kind of did it on accident only to find that it's what a lot of great coaches even teach. And it's what Tony Robbins teaches. And it's like, there's so much science and um, just there's so much behind it of why it was actually working. Well, Sarah, I really love you sharing that story. And there was a couple things that stood out, but one of the things was identity and really how you went through various identities, then creating the identity of Vertical Blonde. But I got to imagine, I know me personally, there's been some messy times that I have had when it came to my identity. Could you just share a little bit more how that experience really shaped and and maybe even some of the messy part, but how you've been able to work through that to get to where you are now? Yeah. You know, identity is a funny thing. Once we get kind of grounded in a, in something, whether it's a label or a title or something, it, it can sway us in either negative or positive ways. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part was that I really loved my life before I got hurt. So much that literally the morning of, I'd gone on a hike with my boyfriend who was there through the accident and everything. And I stood on top of this mountain and said, my life is perfect. There's nothing about it I would change. I literally said those words out loud and it's like almost haunting at this point. And then everything about my life, I hated. I had to relearn how to do everything. And I think the most disabling part was that I had this global belief about what disability meant. Mm. And I think that we don't understand that we don't have to follow that, right? It's, we have a global belief of what it looks like to be a wife. And then when we get married, we think we have to be that way. Or maybe we're divorced and we're a single mom and we've got this belief about a single mom and what that looks like. Now we've got these beliefs that are kind of running the show until we wake up and say, I don't want that. I can make this look however I want. I can do this however I want. I've got pure freedom in that, but I have to be willing to face whatever Mm. part of me is not willing to look at it in another way. And so you kind of, for me, it was just like scraping little by little away that old sense of identity of disability and even the old sense of who I thought I used to be and what I thought life was going to look like and being able to allow that to just get scraped away and almost with this blank slate say this right now is my life and I get to make it whatever I want Mm -hmm. and I think that's the true meaning of acceptance too because for a long time you know they would just tell me that acceptance was key get to this point of acceptance accept this is now your life and I used to think that that meant I had to like having a disability but it simply meant that I accepted this is what life was 
And now I got to use that as my starting point versus trying to start in the past. Oh, that, that point is, I think the most powerful and, you know, one thing I just want to touch on just to help really paint the picture for all the listeners is your life previously. So share a little bit about it. And and I highly recommend, I will absolutely link your, your Instagram in the show notes, but you had a, a, a clip on there of like all the work that you did <laughs> share a little bit more about that. Cause I, I really want, th- this isn't, I mean, this is a dramatic thing, like without a doubt, but what you were doing to, to now, like it's incredible. So share a little bit about your past. Yeah. So I was a television host for many years. And for me all growing up, I grew up in Utah and I just could not wait to get to be like 1920 and head out to LA and try and make it as an actress. And I ended up getting as far as Palm Springs, which ended up working out really much in my favor and landing this gig that was literally entertainment tonight for Palm Springs area. So I got paid to go to every fashion show, an event, an art gallery opening, and Elvisale Fashion Week, all these different things. And I got to report on them and do interviews and get to know people and interview celebrities. And it was a fabulous job. I loved it very, very much. And so, you know, that being such a big part of my past prior, I had an identity that was also wrapped in that. Mm -hmm. Of I, I really, I thought I was pretty cool. I thought that that was awesome. And, you know, and a big part of that being, being fashion and being, you know, looking really good on camera and all those things. And that was the hardest part then about getting injured was this idea that I could no longer be sexy. That was the hardest one for me because little by little, I was like, okay, I could be successful. Yeah. I could be fit. I could be all these things, but sexy. Like there's no way. And that, you know, that affected my relationships that, I mean, that affected so many things as feeling like a sensual, sexy woman and having to reclaim that again. So yeah, life was very, it was very different. And yet it very much set me up for what I do today. And there was a big part of me in that career that felt very empty And there was a part where I actually started to walk away from television and I went back into, um, I was a spa director up in Park City and very different worlds, obviously, but I felt like I, I need depth in my life. I was tired of reporting on just superficial things Mm. and it's kind of like, careful what you ask for, because now I've got depth. (laughs) You have lots of depth and lots of experience now. You know, there was um, something I saw that you had shared, you know, uh, it was, it was an audio on something on your social, but it talked about how like God shows you the end, right? He shows you the end, but he doesn't show you how you're going to get there. And you just hit on the fact that you were like, I needed more depth. Be careful what you ask for. And, um, I, I want to get your opinion on like your, your thoughts on that a little bit more, because that really hit me. And if you've been tuning in for a while, you know, I am blind in one eye 
And that happened to me at the peak, right? I had just gotten engaged to the love of my life. I uh, had a brand new job. We bought our first house, like all these amazing things. And I wake up one morning and I'm blind in one eye. And I have never, like I'm still blind in the sides. was 19 years in October. And it was definitely a changing point in my life that I, I needed. I now can say I needed it. It had to happen or else something worse was going to happen. And so I would love for you to kind of share what a little bit more, cause that, that hit me like a, like a Mack truck. So share a little bit about that. Cause the journey and I, I think is where all the good is. Oh, it's so juicy. And yet we're like, but I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> like, Okay. I, I agree in that audio. I've listened to that audio myself so many times. It hits me in exact the same way. And to kind of sum it up for people, it's, it's this beautiful man's voice. He's got such a way of speaking this voice. And he says, you know, God's going to show you the vision. He's going to show you what to search for or what to strive for. He's going to show you these things that just like light you up from the core. And that's the direction you're supposed to go. But if he would show you exactly how you actually have to get there, we would say, screw the destination. There's no way I'll stay back here where it's perfect and comfortable. And I'm up on top of a mountain saying life's great, right? Literally like on top of the world. And you and I were both in that same thing. And I think that there's something to that. I don't know what your beliefs are, but yep. I do, I do believe that in those moments, and it's not in a mean way that it's done. It's in a, if you think that's great, just wait, mm -hmm. just wait, because there's going to be so much more depth and richness and gratitude in your life, because you're going to know exactly what it feels like to not have it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can't appreciate the sweet without the sour. We have to have both. Mm -hmm. And I, I just fully believe that. And I look at my life and some days I'm like, oh, this wheelchair. And I would just love to stand up and pull my pants up normally once, you know, that would just be so convenient. And yet it's become like my magic carpet. Mm. It has gotten me more opportunity, more depth of my life, more richness, more beauty, more deep, meaningful relationships. It's given me so much. And yet I also had to be the one to use it in that way. Yep. Yep. I mean, um, you hear Ed Milet and other people are start talking about like things. It's, it's not like it, it happened to you. It happened for you and you can hear it in, in how you speak of like where you are now, you know, and the impact you're making now is the depth that you were speaking of that you didn't have when you were what looked like, right. The perfect Instagrammable, like social life and, and doing all of the things. And that's why I think that there are certain times. And I know that the listeners right now, you might be in that Valley. You might be in that part where you're like, Holy cow. I don't know that I really want to go to that destination because like, it's so hard right now. And I don't see through the other end. And if you were to give some advice to somebody that 
and, and maybe it's a business, right? It doesn't have to be some big, big disability, right? It yeah. doesn't have to be that. It could be a divorce. It could just be losing a loved one. It could be, it, it could be the scariness of what could be. Sometimes we are scared of success. How would you help kind of like give some advice to somebody in that moment? Well, I think the biggest thing is just to ask yourself if like full permission to just dream about it for a minute, who would you want to become through it? Like what is best case scenario through it? And then what if you actually had the power to make it the best case scenario? Because I think that's the part that we forget. Mm -hmm. We literally have the power to make it the best case scenario. And, you know, I heard once where it was like, you know, if we all got around a table and we all put all of our problems on the table and said, take whichever ones you want, we'd all literally scoop our own back and say, I'm good. I'll take my own. Right. Because everyone's going through something really crappy. And every one of us has experienced the worst pain possible to us. Mm -hmm. And what if it was all there completely on purpose? My beautiful therapist, Kathy, I always call her my medicine woman. She was in, um, I lived in Maui for quite some time. And I saw her every single Friday for about almost five years. And she would always say that life is this perfectly choreographed dance. And I just love thinking about that because we're going to be dancing with challenge. We're going to be dancing with people. We're going to be dancing with possibility. We're going to be dancing with opportunity. And it's just a dance and it has to stay in flow. And so, and then also to piggyback on that, there's a beautiful Hawaiian um, practice belief word um, called kuleana. And our kuleana is our responsibility in this life. And we have a full responsibility to show up as our best selves for our own benefit first. Mm. And if we do that, we will then carry over to others and that carries over to the world. And I can only be my best when those around me are being their best mm. and, and so on. And so it's kind of like I can because they did and they can because I did. And so that keeps my standards high, especially when the challenges come up yeah. that someone's going to need me and it's going to start with myself. Yeah. And I think a big part of that, I, I just love that. Um, a big part of that is sharing your story. Yeah. And you obviously um, have such an incredible story, but now you're teaching others how to tell their stories too. And I, I just love what you said there, like, because you did, so can I, and because I did, so can you. And so if you would like, I'd like to transition because you are truly making gigantic moves, uh, with, you know, your vertical blonde with the Academy and helping people share their story. So if you would, because this is, this is like storytelling I think has different dimensions and I'd love to get your perspective on this and storytelling can come from making a sales pitch. It can come from getting buy-in from your kids or a loved one. Um, it can also connect you with pe people that are like-minded. 
Totally. So your story, give, give us your storytelling because I know this is where the gold is coming. Well, it's fun because I actually learned this most when I was uh, running my spa and one of my skincare reps came in and she was teaching us about all this different skincare lines. There was like a gazillion products. And I was just like, I'm not going to be able to memorize all these ingredients and everything that it does. And she says, ingredients tell, but stories sell. You have a story with every product. You don't give them the ingredients. You don't even give them the benefits. You give them a story of how it's helped someone else. And by that story is how it's going to sell. And I was like, that is gold. <laughs> I started to really put that into play from a sales perspective and it worked. It absolutely worked. It was like magic was happening. And now as I've gotten injured and beginning to tell my story and people would just ask, they're like, tell us your story. Cause it was such a big story and they couldn't imagine it. And I would tell the story. I would tell the war story. I call it right. I would tell what happened but I would leave out the juice. I would leave out what I learned. I would leave out how it can help them. I would leave out a strategy. And as I started to pay attention to like really the, the great speakers and the ones that were moving an audience, it wasn't about them. And for a long time, I spoke for myself about myself. It was about my story. And then I kind of started to make this shift was how can I make this for my audience? How can they benefit? from what I've gone through. And I started to extract these lessons and I started to extract these strategies that they can actually implement into their own lives. And so now it's a very clear, honest answer with my, or question with myself of what is the intention of sharing this story? Am I sharing it just because it's a great story? Awesome, that I can share over coffee or brunch. But if it's actually to move someone, if it's to help them, even the stories I've shared today, they've all had this, intention and this reason for being shared. And so if you've got a reason, if you feel called to share your story, it's because you know something that would help someone else. Mm -hmm. And all we have to do is we have to frame it into a story, give the audience a lesson from that story. But then the transformation happens when you give them a strategy that they implement in real time. So for me, I'll get up on stage and I'll tell the story of my accident. But the thing that I really go into depth on is finding vertical blonde. This moment of going from I can't to icon to actually feeling like there's no way I can get through this life to like showing up for like a freaking icon showing up with a totally different kind of energy, the discovery of vertical blonde. Then I tell them, I guide them, excuse me, through a strategy of how they can create their own. What would they name it? What would it represent? How would they show up into a room? How would they speak? Where would they shop? How would they show up? All these questions to get you to embody that version of yourself, hmm. which I think is totally your true self. If you're getting all the gunk out of the way, that's mm -hmm. who you truly are. Otherwise you wouldn't be attracted to it. Mm -hmm. So vertical blonde is me. That is me at my fullest, most iconic self. So if you frame it that way, then I'm selling you a new way of life. I'm selling you a lifestyle through my story. And I'm passionate about it because it's literally saved my life. So that I feel like is where the magic lies. And I think a lot of people, they'll say, I feel called to tell my story. 
but then they go into like this timeline. Then I did this and then I did this and then I did this. And you see the audience's head start to nod off because they're like just following these bullet points. When instead, if you can literally drop your audience in to a moment in time and you sort of peel the roof back and you let them in on what was happening in that moment and how you were changed and how you were transformed. And then you offer them a gift. So that's pretty cool. And, and it's really fun now to be able to help people that say, I want to share my story. And all we're doing is peeling the roof off into their life, into these moments that were really transformative mm-hmm. and allowing them to share those lessons and strategies. Yep. Now I, I have so many questions on this, but the first one that I know someone is probably thinking that's listening is I don't have a story. I didn't, I didn't have the, the ATV accident. I I'm not in a wheelchair. I still have both my eyes and all my limbs. Like I, I don't have a story. How do you like, but they feel called to help and to serve. How, what would you tell that person? This is literally the question that I get asked from every single one of my students, because they'll do that. Be like, I feel called, but I'm not in a wheelchair. Like they'll start to compare war stories. Right. And it's like, stop it. No, we're not comparing stories. We go into the lessons first. What do you need people to know that you learned in your life? And then also, what are you the living proof of this one is this is the kicker. What are you already using in your regular life that is helping you to be your best self? What is it that you've learned? Maybe it's a concept. Maybe it's a strategy. Maybe it's a meditation that you use. Like actually the simpler, the better. If we make it too complicated, then the audience loses interest and they feel like they can't follow. So Mm -hmm. we don't go to the story first. We go to the lesson first. Mm. we go to the lesson first and then we backtrack and we say what is the moment in time when you learned your lesson that's the story we tell because that builds trust with our audience too that lets our audience know why we are capable of teaching them this new strategy and lesson Hey there, absolutely love and incredibly grateful that you are listening to the podcast. Just want to let you know that if you ever want the video version, because sometimes it helps, it just resonates a little bit differently for you. You can check out my YouTube channel, which is absolutely free. I am sharing tips and experiences there weekly. So if you prefer video, go check it out. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy the show. And when you say audience, because you know, you speak on stages, you know, you, you have this big platform, but audience could mean different things. Oh yeah. Right. And my audiences started with an audience of five in a living room, like literally speaking at a kitchen table with an audience. That's where it begins. And that's where you actually put in the reps. So many people want to begin charging and on stages of thousands from the get go. And I'm like, you will collapse. If that's where you start, you mm-hmm. won't be able to handle it. You have to put into the reps. You have to speak for quote unquote free for a while, because what you're doing is you are proving to yourself the value that you hold. Because mm-hmm. as you start to pour value into your audience and you do it with poise and it's strategic and you're able to really lay it out there and you see the change in your audience. Now you believe in what you've got to say. Mm -hmm. But it's like you have to show up and do it 
to prove to yourself you've got it. So we show up to the kitchen tables. We show up to Instagram when no one's watching. We show up to small retreats of people gathering. We show up at dinner tables. We That's where it begins. And then all of a sudden people are going to start saying, here's a mic. I need you to go bigger. I need you to go bigger because they're going to start seeing the worth. Mm-hmm. Every single, and I mean this, every single speaking engagement I have given has led to my next. Mm, I don't doubt that one bit. I, I can't get the next until I do the first. Mm-hmm. So I speak as if someone in the audience is giving me my next engagement and it always happens. So we give, for me, I show up every single time as if I was just paid $20,000 and it's an audience of 20,000. That is how I show up. That is energy I show up. That is what I give every single time I get on stage and little by little, the stages have increased. The audiences have increased. The amount of payment has increased. Everything's increased little by little. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that even, um, cause that it's getting in the reps, right. On any new skill in, in anything and storytelling, especially the way that you explain it, I think it's so great. And I just highly recommend everyone go back and listen to that piece because your audience could be that, or your, your end goal could be that next promotion, right? It might not be an actual physical stage, but it could be a hypothetical stage, right? It's that next position and how you're going to present yourself, how you're going to build trust, even within your organization. If you're leading a team, right? It's not necessarily the, the, the physical stage, but you're on a stage in front of your team and they're looking to you not only to just lead, but to be able to connect. Yes. Thousand percent. There are some that are in the Academy who are literally it's the stage of life. It's the stage of their home that they really want the confidence to show up as their iconic self. They want to embody a new energy. They want to be able to speak fluently to their children. They want to be able to connect with their spouse. That in itself is a huge stage. Mm -hmm. Like that's the ultimate stage right there. Mm -hmm. And really the goal is that who you are at home when no one's looking, every door is closed and who you are on stage is the exact same person. That's the goal. So if we can get that fully aligned and you are embodying that version of yourself, no matter where you are, then when you're on stage, it's effortless. It's free flowing. It's like, yes, I got to prep because I got to know my audience. But honestly, it's about getting up there and being really true to myself, true to the lessons I already know, true to the things I already do day in and day out. Then imposter syndrome can just like fluff off because it's, it's non-existent at that point. Yep. Yep. I, and let's talk about that energy because I know energy is huge. And I love that you said it's kind of, it goes, it's, it's like something we live here. It's like one of our core, core fam, like family values is how we do one thing is how we do everything. Right. So it's not like we, we are clean over here, but we're not over here, you know? So I love that. It's like, you talked about that energy at home and the energy like on stage, because I, I feel like whether your stage is a, a phone videoing, right. Or zoom or work or a physical stage, like whatever it is, if you are one person out there and then someone different at home, you're not getting in the right reps. Totally. And you'll be mortified if you're 
family ever comes to see you on stage because you're going to feel like the biggest fraud of ever. You're going to be like, oh, they know the real me. So it's like getting it in the reps at home is the most important stage of your life. So there's two things that I say on a regular basis. And yes, I have to remind myself this all the time. Like <laughs> I am not perfect. I, there's still mornings that I struggle. Actually, our academy, we've got um, this couple that is doing it and they are personal trainers and they have, we do personal training as a group every or twice a week. And the group decided on 6 a.m., Miss over here is not a morning person. So I have to tell myself every single Monday and Wednesday, I have the energy for this. And so I say, number one, our energy is our currency. It is truly how we're transacting with life. My energy is what's going to get me and pay for my opportunities. It's going to pay for my entry. It's going to, it's going to do everything. And it, and it is my job to ensure its value as I'm trading that currency. So my energy is my currency. And that's why the very first lesson in the academy or anyone I work with is your iconic identity. What is its name? What does it stand for? What does it represent? How do you know you're embodying it? Like truly getting at the heart of what Vertical Blonde was for me, that mm -hmm. is for them. And they have their name. They know what it represents. All I have to do is say a name and their whole energy shifts, right? So it's a practice because we've practiced being one way doesn't mean it's who we are simply who we've practiced being. So if we can practice this new energy, then it's going to be again, effortless on stage. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is living ready. So every single day we wake up and we imagine, and we anticipate the biggest opportunity of our lives is showing up today. We don't know where it will come. We don't know what time it will knock. It will be in the Starbucks line. It could be in the grocery store. It could be on stage. It could be anywhere. But the biggest one of our life is happening today. So every day we get ready with that energy. We get dressed as if we're going to be on film and camera, cameras on, lights, camera action. We get ready with that energy and we get, we pour into our body. We stay healthy. We work out. All of this is in an effort to live ready for those opportunities. And then what happens? Opportunities are everywhere mm -hmm. because we're creating them. If we're ready for them, we're going to hear different things in conversation. We are going to make phone calls. We're going to jump on Zoom instead of like grabbing our camera because we feel inspired and then looking at it and be like, oh, heck no, click. We got to go get ready first. Instead, we are ready. We're constantly ready. And it's fascinating the opportunities that will happen that we would have missed had we were not how we have been ready I really love that because I think that there's so much more there's so much to that because when you're ready and you step into a room you're going to attract that level of energy will also attract people that are ready right yes and and that's where I feel like um it's never comfortable. Like, let's be honest. Like you go into a new room and you're like, holy cow, I don't know these people like blah, blah, blah. Are they going to like my energy level or not? And you start like second guessing yourself and like being like, oh, hold back. Don't let, I'll be like, oh, they're getting all Shelly today. You know what I mean? Like all of this. And it's, it's that consistency. It's showing up ready. 
you attract the people that you're too much for too much. I'm doing air quotes. If you're watching on YouTube, you're too much for, or your energy is too much for them. That's okay. Those aren't your people. You don't have to be liked and approved by everybody that you come into contact with, but those that are matching that level that are showing up ready, like you said, that's who you want anyway. That is totally who we want. Yep. Like attracts like, and, and there is some hardcore power when you are clear in what you do not want Mm -hmm. as being around you, the energy, the clients you don't want. Some of the big things that we go on and we'll talk about like our ideal stages, ideal clients, and then we'll literally go through and list who is our least ideal client. Cause we've all had that client. We're like, well, that one sucked. Like that was not fun. That was we a bad choice. Like working with them. It was not a good match. They weren't ready or whatever it was bad energy, but getting really clear on who your stuff is not for gives you even more power. And what it does is it gives you, it gives your clients and the people where, that are around you confidence in your standards. Like mm-hmm. it is, I have never done it in this way before, but at my last event was just in October. And before I got ready to really kind of let them know about the Academy and, you know, it's kind of coming up to pitch time and all that in the, in the event, which I used to very much shy away from, and I'd get really scarcity mode and like, just buy my crap, you know, just somebody please buy that kind of mode. And instead I stood up there for a solid, I mean, it felt a lot longer. It was probably about four or five minutes and went through line by line of who the Academy was not for. Mm. And I stood in it and I took powerful pauses after every line, things as detailed as if the first thing out of your mouth is a complaint, this is not for you. Mm. If you are still in the muck of, of in the pain and a bit of that victim mode within your story, this is not for you. And then I had people in the audience raise their hand if they are healers or have things that are for those people that are ready to get out of the muck. So it was this like abundance mindset of I've got someone for you if this is not time for you. And it was really, really clear. And the people that signed up came up and they said that that was one of the most powerful moments of their lives. One, to watch someone who was so confident to say no to the wrong money. And then also they knew the standard of the people they'd be going through the academy with. Mm. It was amazing. I, I pat myself on back for that one. It was truly beautiful. And I'd never felt so confident in my life. I actually think that's even a skill, right? Or a strategy where you are feeling like it's time to pit, like it's time to pitch or it's time to close the deal, right? Whatever your, your deal is, is, is being so confident in who this is not for like going through that. I think that is like one of the a huge piece of gold from this conversation right now is just being so confident in who you're not for, but being comfortable with it. It is okay. I think that oftentimes when we get in these groups, we're like, I have to 
change who I am so I can fit in and be well-liked by all. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest things that I've gone through this year, just, just so everyone's here, like hearing it, like this isn't like, Sarah, your story is incredible, but we've all have this, these, these periods of transition. And so if you're tuning in right now, like that was one thing I always tried. I, I worked in corporate so long, right? So I always made sure to fit into my box. And it was like, here's this box. Don't push it. I would always push it a little bit, but <laughs> I feel when I get into these group settings, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to have my filter on. I'm going to, you know, not do this or not do that. And then I'm like, I finally just got to this point that I, I don't know if it's because I'm in my forties, enough gray hair. I'm just like, this is me period. And I think finding out who we're not aligned with is a blessing. That is a blessing. It's a huge breath of fresh air. I think by the time we hit 40, cause I hit 41 this year as well. And I was, it was kind of that feeling of, I don't have a whole lot of time or energy for that, which is not aligned. And I am totally okay. I'd rather be alone than with the wrong people. Like I just don't have the energy for it. My energy is too valuable. And I think that that comes from us finding our worth, us really sinking into what value we have and and why we're here on this earth. And it's almost like move out of the way. I got things to do. I got people to help. I got things to serve, get people to speak to, like get out of the way if you're not serving that. And guess what? There's someone out there for you. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, especially in like the coaching world and speaking world, it's getting really, really saturated. And that's kind of a nice thing because I think that different people need different coaches, different people need different speakers. Um, I'm good friends with multiple other speaking coaches and it's like, yeah, people that need me and resonate with me. Awesome. If I'm not for you, I got a list of other people that you can connect with. Mm -hmm. And that even it feeds like knowing who you align with is truly an abundant and knowing who you don't is an abundant mindset because competition is great. That is a great thing. There needs to be many options out there because we are not all the same. And so to to your point, the stories are not going to resonate. Now, I would love for you because one thing I've heard a lot this year was like, become like the person you want to be. Like, who do you want to be? How would that person dress? How would they look? How would they do, you know, do certain things? Where would they shop? And I know that this icon right? And vertical blonde. And we started the conversation a little bit with this, but I want to dive in a little bit more because I've never heard anyone explain it this way is like, who is that person? Right. And it's, I love that you named her and you could literally feel yourself become her, right? It almost wasn't this fictitious person anymore. And And it's not an alter ego either. Mm. people do that a lot, but then it's just like, you're practicing putting on a mask. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm like, if I'm really honest with myself and I release the limits, I release the limiting beliefs. And I truly ask myself, who am I at my core at my best? I am vertical blonde. Mm. It's Mm -hmm. who I am. So that therapist I referred to, Kathy, she, um, the kind of therapy that she did was called parts work. 
IFS therapy, internal family system. Um, Gabrielle Bernstein wrote a great book on it actually called Happy Days. She talks all about IFS therapy. I highly recommend it. And what you're doing is we all have these different parts of us right? We've got like the injured little girl part. We've got the manager part that wants to control everything. We've got the wounded part, the driven part, like we've got all these parts. And what happens, especially when we're all up in our head is all the parts are trying to accomplish the same goal in different ways. They're all trying to keep us safe, right? But they all think that they've got a better way to handle it. And so Every time when I would get into my session with her, she would ask kind of the same series of questions. I would get to close my eyes. I would journey inward with the goal of getting in touch with my core self. Not all these parts that are trying to drive, but the true essence of who I am. Mm. And what we would do is she would ask like, which part needs you the most? And I learned how to be my own healer. I learned how to be my own, my own partner, my own, like I was vouching for myself and I would learn which part was feeling wounded or feeling stressed out, which is why they were kind of on hyperdrive. But the whole thing was to get to the essence of who I am and learn that I've got me, I've got me. Mm. And that's who Vertical Blonde is. She's me at my core self when nothing is limiting me. And so I started to use her as like this true North of what would vertical blonde do in this situation? Because every day we've got this angel and a devil on our shoulder as we're trying to navigate all these different decisions and things to do. And do we play it safe? Do we play big? Like we're, we're in the muck all day long. That if I just simply close my eyes and ask what would vertical blonde do? It's a gut check. I know who I am. Like it's the gut. It's not up in my head. It's my gut. And so that's, that's what vertical blonde became for me. And I love, you know, it's not just that, you know, you hear about like, decide who your perfect client would be. And like all these, it's kind of like fluff. You really nailed it down and you took what was in you, your strength that you own and put it all into vertical blonde. You had that guiding North star. I just think that is so incredible that not, not only that you did that for you, but now you're helping others do that very same thing. And I know that, um, you, you talk a lot about going from, I can't to icon. How, how would you describe that for somebody? Well, I think it's through the can't where we build the strength to become the icon, Mm. right? Like we need those moments that feel disabling those moments of feeling like I just can't do it. There's no way I can do this. And then we discover that strength that's already there that courage, that grit to push through feeling like I can't. And in that process, in that pursuit is where we build the strength. That's where we become that next level version of ourselves, right? It's 
I hate even saying it that way because it's become really cliche and, you know, become your best self. And it's, it's like, well, I think that we're constantly in that state of becoming. We're constantly growing and we need those feelings of I can't because that is where we build the confidence. I always say that confidence is an action word because it's only gained through the action. We don't have the confidence first. We have it afterwards. So this I can't icon is truly the pursuit of becoming your best self. Oh, I hate when I'm saying that that way. Don't say it. Just own it. Just Becoming own it. Your iconic self, right? No, I I hear you on the on the cliche, but I think you should just own it because it's so true. And there's really like that is the best way to explain it. And and I want to bring it back to a couple things and kind of where we started with. Um, I talked about how like God shows you the vision, right? But you don't you you would probably walk away if you knew what it took to get there, right? And you just said, like, you were just talking about to become your best self, right? And whatever that means to you, I really think whatever that means, your iconic self to become your best self, it's all those trials. That's what's forming you. Because I got to imagine that you wouldn't be this confident vertical blonde right now if you didn't have this challenge that left you with a disability. 100%. 100%. Like I, I look at myself, I'm like, dang, you did that. Like you, you did that. We get to look back and be so proud of ourselves. I don't think we do that very often. Mm-mm. Like hearing your story, you should be so proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to be able to look back and say, that thing should have taken me out. And it got really close. Mm-hmm. And then I came in. And I mixed it all up and I made it what I wanted to. And I'm stronger because of it, which is also the hardest thing as a mother, because I don't know about you, but I hate seeing my little guy struggle. And every time he struggles, I just think like, I can't die con. I can't die con. Like (laughs) he needs this. He needs this so much. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a good reminder once we become parents too. It's a good reminder, but I mean, the thing is, is that you're showing him the confidence you're showing him what's possible. And I think that that's one of the best things that we can do. I always talk about, and you know, mom, dad, whoever we're moms are the, the leader of the family. And when we can show our confidence and sometimes it is showing our weakness, but it is showing that confidence on the hard, we got through the hard and look at where we are now. I couldn't be my husband and I, Chris and I, and and we have a a few fun episodes. I always invite people to listen to, but we literally could not be where we are right now. If we didn't have all these challenges that we went through and it wasn't us as a couple. I mean, of course that was like up and down. It was all these businesses, all these different experiences, these partnerships, these, these things that we did that Holy cow, when we were in the middle of it, we were like, why did we make these choices? What what were we thinking? It was hard. But now we we had to learn those lessons. Yeah. And we had to apply those lessons. It's very similar to you with a story, right? It's what's the lesson, but what's the what is the story? What is the lesson that we can share with others? Mm. So I just I gotta say, like. This conversation could go on forever, Sarah, but 
I really love and and just want to acknowledge the way that you share your story. And it's not about you. And I highly recommend that you follow Sarah on Instagram and let us know if there's anywhere else that, that you want people to follow along with you. But it, her story and what she shares, it's not about her. Not at all. It is about everyone else. And so the fact that Vertical Blonde is shining so bright right now to help everyone that you come in contact with, I I just think it is the the neatest thing that the the most unique, the the most iconic thing that you could have done with what happened for you. Thank you so much. Fully receiving that. This conversation has been absolutely beautiful. I sincerely appreciate this. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. Okay. So I told everybody about Instagram. Is there anywhere else that they should follow along? And I know that you have the Academy too. Yes. So everything's vertical blonde across the board. So, um, there's Instagram obviously, and then also verticalblonde.com, where if you want to learn specifics about the Academy or when next time it's opening up that kind of thing, but those are my two, my two big ones for sure. Okay. Well, everybody will be tuning in. I know they will be sharing this episode too, because storytelling isn't just about a stage. It's, it's about who your audience is, whatever audience that could be. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining. And, um, don't forget everybody. We have two episodes a week. I have my lovely guest episodes on Tuesday and then on Friday are the solo ones. So until next time, we'll see you then. Aloha. Thank you.